seven days a week, 24 hours a day. Live Radio Contact. Week's Devil the Detail podcast. I'm Rob Parkson, and we're here talking all things Salford Red Devils. Joining the show this week, as ever, we have Paul Whiteside. Right, Paul? Hey, Rob, you okay, mate? Is it this week right in your book, I've heard? Yeah, doing bits and bobs, bits and bobs, mate, keeping myself uh, ticking off. It's finding time, mate, to, to do stuff, but yeah, I managed to get a bit done this week and uh, really excited for, for Sunday, mate, as well. Uh, two from two, hopefully, this week. Yeah, also joining the show, we've got Paul Parkin. Right, Parkin? Hi Rob, hi Paul, evening lads Looking forward to the season, excited? Yeah, very much so, yeah, we've uh, obviously we'll get on to it But we've uh, we've got off to the right start, haven't we? So yeah, it's uh, quite optimistic as it stands Yeah, it's going to be exciting We've got loads going on the show this week We've all the news coming out of Salford Devils this week We'll talk about the Huddersfield win We've got interviews with Nia Levels and Ian Watson Parker, you're going to tell us all about your Salford's best 13 Looking forward to that uh, yeah, yeah, I'll probably still be doing it as the show goes on, to be honest. But yes, yeah, I've got, uh, I've got, I've got something in mind. Yeah, and then also at the end we're going to preview the game against London on Sunday. So what we'll do, we'll start with the news coming out of Salford Red Devils this week. So the first bit of news coming out of Salford Red Devils this week: uh, Adam Lawton loaned out to Rochdale, Paul. Um, what do you think? Good move for him. Yeah, I think I think it's a good move, Rob. You know, the the lad needs game time, doesn't it? I don't think he's played a lot recently, has he? Really, he played for Witness. It was about three or four years ago. He played a bit over in in Australia, so he'll be rusty, won't he? He needs that time, doesn't he? You can't just throw a lad straight into an elite competition like Super League, can you? When he's not not been up to speed, so you know the championships are a good level. Rochdale Hornets, I believe, are playing Toronto Wolfpack this this Sunday, so there's some good sides in that league, and he'll get some good tests, won't he? So, so yeah, I think that'll do Adam the world of good, and hopefully bring him back with that bit of match fitness and a bit of bit of toughness as well, and then um, and we can see where he goes from there. I think it's a good move. Yeah, he's a big lad, Parky. You'll need games under his belt, but if we get him fit and firing, he'll be a big asset. Very much so. Just echoing what what Paul said, really. He, he needs game time. Obviously, he missed out on the pre-season friendlies. Um, I think I don't know. There was some confusion over paperwork or something, was there? Um, plus, he'll, you know, he will need to get fitness and and he's being fit and being Super League fit, Rugby League ready. You know, all that impact and that kind of stuff. And again, like Paul said, I mean, if he gets a game this week against Toronto, it's not going to get any tougher in that league for him, you know what I mean? So it's a good start for him. And uh, I, I, I'm I, quite excited to see the kid play. I've, from what I've heard, I mean, I don't really remember him when he was at, he's having his stint with Witness, but what I've heard since and what I've read, he, had, he was really promising. And, uh, you know, a lad of that size, if he has got the capability, a bit of pace and, and you know, good ball handling skills, it'd be good to see him, get, you know, get all that in motion and, and hopefully he'll get some time in the championship. Yeah, it's a big unit, Paul. And like you say, our forward pack is quite strong as well. Hopefully we'll find a place in him when he gets fit. Yeah, I think I think you can always find a place for for a lad of that 
that size, can't you? I mean, I don't, like Pike said, I don't know a lot about him. I've seen a few videos of when he played for Witness and he looked quite destructive, didn't he? A bit of pace as well. And if you can get him running out wide and he's got a bit of an offload game as well, I don't think you can ever be, um, you can never have too many sort of players like that, can you? It's not, there's not a lot of like huge sort of six foot, seven forwards knocking about in rugby league, is there? So, uh, so yeah, I think he'll be a work in progress. But as we were saying there, there's some, Good sides in the championship. It was a good standard now. I mean, I watched Toronto against uh, against York City Knights at, at the weekend, and looking at their playing roster, Toronto they they are a Super League side in waiting, really, aren't they? And uh, and yes, yeah, so we'll get tested this weekend if he, if he gets a game, and um, and yeah, I think he'll, I think it'll do him the world of good. Yeah, other bits of news as well. Um, Soft Red Devils in the newspaper uh, asking for the fee to be paid for Gaz O'Brien for Toronto uh, Parker. Obviously, we don't know the ins and outs of that. Uh, but obviously, a transaction should have took place if Gazon Bryan moved to Toronto. Yeah, very much so. I mean, for the club to, to, to you know, to, to sort of uh, make this statement, obviously something, something's happened. Like you say, you know, legally we, we don't know and we, we can't sort of say. But if if there is, you know, I mean, for a, for a club like us that's obviously not, you know, a bit cash strapped really, that, that, that's that's big big money to us. And uh, if it's owed, you know, it's got to be paid and... Uh, you know, Toronto, we're going around, obviously, last year, signing up everybody who wanted, you know, Matty Russell and getting uh, uh, Joey Lussick's brother Darcy over there and people like that. Great, great players. Um, so they must have the money somewhere. So uh, if, if they owe it us, then, yeah, they've, they've got to cough it up. And I'm sure uh, Bleasy and Watto would be delighted to see that money. Yeah, like Parky said, Paul, you know, a bit of a stressor for the likes of Ian Bleasy because, obviously, he's banked on that money to do other things with yeah, I'm sure he has. Yeah, I mean, they probably, as you say, budgeted for for that, haven't they? And um, yeah, as far as I'm aware, Toronto seem awash with money, don't they? And money doesn't seem an object to them. So uh, perhaps it's just a, I don't know, a glitch or something. I'm not really an expert in these sort of things, but hopefully it gets sorted and you know it doesn't it doesn't detriment us in in any sort of way. So uh, we'll let the people off off the field sort that one out. I was surprised when I heard that the other day because. You presume all these things get tied up and, and done at the time, don't you? I mean, if a, if, a, if a player transfers, why can't they just pay there and then and it's jobs are good? And, but um, it doesn't seem like it works like that these days. It always seems a bit more complicated. Yeah, yeah it's, it's obviously transfers. You know, it can get quite complicated, can't it? So we'll have to see what, what happens there. Uh, another bit of news, Marwan Kukash uh, has announced uh, that he's looking to form a team in Liverpool, uh, Parker. You think it's a good idea? Obviously, you've got Warrington, you've got Set Ellens, you've got Witness. You know, is the new side full of full rugby league already? Uh, I think uh, I think it's a shocking idea. I'll be perfectly frank with you. Nothing against the expansion, and you know, Liverpool. Th- th- there may be room there for a, for a side. I, I don't know, um, but no. He, he, th- the, the interest in, in rugby league struggles in, in big places like that, you know, obviously dominated with football like Manchester. But we know he tried it here. We know he wanted to take us to change our name to, to Manchester. And he was involved with something with Witness, wasn't he, recently? And, and that fell apart. And I think his plan there was possibly to move Witness or change their name. So they may have uh, may have escaped it. And now he's, you know, he's looking to doing this. There, there isn't the appetite, I don't think, in, in Liverpool for a, a rugby league team. Um, they, you know, it's been tried before, and like you say, they, 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 I mean, witness is is close enough, and obviously Saint Helens is, is in Merseyside. Um, I'm not sure they'd be too chuffed about it because they are obviously trying to attract fans from from them areas. Uh, I, I think I don't know. You can't keep the guy out of the press, can you? But um, I, I'd much rather him. You know, if if he wants to stay involved in rugby league, either 
you know, pop some money into us, um, or you know, go and help Swinton or Rochdale or Oldham or somebody like that, where you know there is an appetite at least for the game and, and, a, and an existing club that, that could desperately need the help. Yeah, he's trying to grow the game, uh, Paul. But uh, you know, it's a bit of a strange thing for me. I can't quite understand Liverpool. Like Packy said, you got Liverpool, you got Everton, you got Widnes, you got Warrington, you got St. Helens. It's, it's, it's full of sporting activity. I don't know. I don't understand where he's going to get these fans from. Uh, well, uh, rugby league is quite a predominant, not so, so much in the Liverpool area, but in the surrounding areas, isn't it? There's, there's a lot of rugby league sort of this sort of side of sort of like that, that Lancashire, that flat bit of Lancashire, the Lancashire Plain, I think they call it, don't they? There's rugby league all over this area, doesn't it? Across the M62, and you're not really expanding the, the game. And I, I was surprised when I saw that the other day, and I looked at it and I thought. Is it because he's been out of the media for a while and he likes to get his name out there, doesn't he, and make these these daft statements? He said something about Cumbria a while ago, didn't he? And I don't know. I think sometimes he, he likes he likes being in the headlines and he likes being in the news. And I don't know. As long as it's it's not us getting negative publicity, let him do what he wants. I'm I'm not that bothered. But it did seem a strange story to me. But if that's what he wants to do, he's he's free to go and do it, isn't it? But um, we shall see on that one. Yeah, we'll see how see how that story develops. Next story we've got as well. Uh, congratulations to Renato for the under-19s who progressed to the semi-finals of the National College Cup, uh, beating, here we are, Coleg Y. Comed uh, yesterday afternoon. Uh, Paul, great result for them. It certainly was, yeah, and uh, it's been good to see, hasn't it? Especially with, with young Conor Aspie making the the, uh, the strides he's made, popping into the, to the first team and uh, getting a, getting a taste of that. And no, the the, uh, the the two rising stars teams have been have been doing really well, haven't they? This season, great great start to the season. Let's hope we can progress it and go all the way. But that really is, uh, you know, a shot in the for for the club that you know uh, we've sort of struggled you know, the last few years at sort of the youth level. But I think slowly but surely. We, 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 we've got the building blocks in place now, haven't we? For uh, you know to start something special, and that was great to see the other day, and I was delighted to to, to read about that. Yeah, it shows the likes of Danny Barton and Danny Barton uh, and Neil Blackburn Parker putting foundations in place to to create a good nucleus for the future, maybe. Yeah, we're very lucky to have lads like that. To be honest, they, they they're non-stop, aren't they? The, the work that they do behind the scenes, and it doesn't. We've said it before on here; they don't get shouted about enough. Um, and it, I, I think it's fantastic. I'd love them to make the final and, and, and go on and win it. I mean, according to everybody in rugby league, we don't produce anybody. Um, I, I, I failed to, to agree with that. Our academy over the, you know, before it sort of got disbanded was was pretty successful. And obviously when we do get a chance to get our license back and get back in, I think it's 2020 or something like that. You know, the, these these development teams now, they'll go into, they'll feed into that academy and th- then we'll be strong again and, and hopefully we produce you know, some of these these players we've had, you know, we brought through the likes of, you know, Ratchford and people like that who, who've gone on, Jordan Turner, Snade, Farge, you know, people like this who, you know, Super League ready. Um, I, I think it's fantastic. And like you say, it's all about the work that goes on behind the scenes. These lads put their, their time and effort in, you know, and it's, I'm sure, you know, they don't get financially compensated uh, to the levels of people at other clubs. But, you know, the, the, the heart's in it and uh, the future of the club is, is good with people that, like that around. Yeah, you know, super excited about what's going on there, uh, and hopefully success will, will come. Um, next bit of news: look, looking forward to the London game on Sunday. Extra tickets are available in the 1873 suite. Uh, Paul, you know, hopefully they'll pack it out. 
Yeah, certainly it's a, it's a good experience in in there, isn't it? I got um, a couple of tickets. Well, I, I blagged my wife to go a few weeks ago and uh, said I'd get her a ticket for in there. She took my kids and they really enjoyed it. So, uh, so yeah, it's it's a good experience in there. Comfy comfy seat as well, and um, I'm sure it's going to be an exciting game against London on uh, on Sunday. And I know that the club have been doing a bit of marketing, haven't they? And people have been posting posters all over the show. So it's going to be a really exciting game on Sunday. And the more tickets we can sell, the better. Yeah, if you're interested, uh, 0161-786-1570, parking. People will say buy the tickets before game day to give the club the extra revenue they need. Yeah, well, you know, I've always been a big advocate of that. And I think the more the club do to to make it, you know, not obviously, you can't make cheap tickets, but make it lower than it is on a match day. So people will buy that. And then even, I think to be fair, even if you change your mind, then you bought your ticket, the money's in the club's coffers and that's what counts, you know, and it, it still goes on the attendance anyway. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've, I've not tried this, this, this week. I'm not, I don't think I, I don't think it's in the same place where I've been before or, or what. I'm not sure, but uh, it's, it does sound quite tempting, especially in this time of year. So you can get warm before the game uh, and half time rather than standing out because it's freezing. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously, get. I, I'd advise, always advise people get your tickets early. I mean, I've for the friendlies, you know, even just queuing up for for five minutes, ten minutes when it's cold and it's not it's not a pleasant experience. So get them, you know, get them, pick them up, and off you go straight in. Yeah, hopefully, loads of people and loads of fans will turn up. Obviously, the club's been uh, doing a marketing drive, uh, Paul, to get people in, and hopefully, you know, they'll be rewarded with a half decent performance. Obviously, you've got to remember that London Broncos won't bring a big following. Uh, so we've got to be kind of realistic on what we're going to get. Yeah, certainly. But you think back uh, to, to the, the friendly games. I know we got nearly 2,000 against Swinton, didn't we? I know Swinton probably brought a lot more than, than what London brought. But you'd expect our, we've got a few season ticket holders there. Now we've we've had a good win at Huddersfield. And I think there's a bit of a buzz about us at the moment, isn't it? There was in the close season. So we need to uh, we need to get people talking about us now and talk ourselves up because we can get a result on on, on Sunday. You're two from two. Then you've got another massive home game coming on the week after. Leeds should bring a through on a, on a Sunday afternoon. So it's all about building momentum now, Rob, really. And I don't think the crowd on Sunday is the big all and end all if we can if we can get a result it's about building slowly but surely every every week week in week out this season you know, it's not about getting 10,000 at your first home game I think you've just got to build slowly haven't you and build that momentum and get people get people to the game get people to enjoy it and uh, I think we'll I think we'll do okay I think the crowd will be good on Sunday yeah talk about building momentum Parker the supporters trust uh, running buses again this season they've got two buses uh, running from two separate destinations uh, one from uh, Salford Shopping Centre all the way to the AJ Bell Stadium, uh, stopping at Seedley Road, Earlham's of the Height, Langwithy Reds, Hope, Library, Leckles Interchange, the, the Dog and Partridge, Salford, number, Salford Red Devils number one supporters uh, pub, and the AJ Bell Stadium to finish. And the second route is from Little Holton, Pong Club, uh, Wharton Legion, Royal Oak in Boothtown, John Gilbert, and then the AJ Bell Stadium. It's great, obviously, the fans have the chance to jump on a bus to get to the game. Yeah, I've used it a couple of times. I must admit, uh, I've got it once from from the height, uh, and it, you know it allows you to go on and have a, a couple of pints maybe before the game before you set off. Um, and then I've used it on the way back as well. It's uh, it, it is good. I mean, it's a, it's a great thing, and it you know hopefully it can get expanded in the future. You know, with a bit you know a bit more money going in or something like that. Obviously, to the the uh, the supporters trust. Um, but that you know to, to to other areas. But yeah, it's fantastic. I mean, it's great for me. It comes very local, so. Uh, and we all know that there are there are still slight issues getting to the AJ Bell by public transport. 
So uh, it's a great thing, and it's I mean it's cheap enough for a return trip. So yeah, I don't, I, I you know I'd, I'd encourage anybody to use it. Yeah, Paul, it gives people options, like Parky said, and it's great. You know the sport of stuff that took this on, and hopefully, like you said, people will buy into it, people will use it, um, and it'll grow and grow. Yeah, certainly, Rob. Yeah, I mean, something like that takes a lot of organising, it, doesn't it? And I think, you know, Supporters Trust has only been in place, hasn't it, for just over 12 months now. And um, to, to get two buses on there, I think, yeah, it's, it's, it's really applaudable, that. So, so yeah, if it increases, you know, as as numbers increase, I think it's great. I mean, I don't live in Solvent. I come from, from Boston. But, you know, for people around there, especially if you're not driving as well, it's brilliant that because as Parky says, I don't think the transport links are brilliant to, to get to the age of. I know there is buses and things there, but this is a direct one. The fares are dead reasonable as well, aren't they, for a return ticket? And like I say, if you're not driving, you've got nothing to worry about. You have a couple of pints in the pub, jump on the bus, and, and you're at the match. So uh, I think everyone's a winner on that one, mate. Yeah, so that's all the news uh, coming out of Salford Devils uh, this week. Oh, quick one, actually, I remember you can also listen to this uh, podcast on the Supporters Trust website now, Paul. It's great. The uh, supporters just allowed us to do that. Yeah, well, I saw uh, I saw your your messages with with Dave Campbell today. Actually, we having a message conversation, weren't you, about it on Facebook Messenger? And I, as soon as I looked at it, I thought, wow, that's just gone straight over my head. So I'm glad you two got that organised because uh, I didn't have a clue what you were talking about. So, uh, but yeah, that's great if we if people can do that. That's uh, that's brilliant. Yeah, don't forget your fans on SoundCloud iTunes and radio contact as well. So, you know, lots of different places, Parky, for, for people to tune in. Yeah, just hope we, uh, we you know, we pack the show with uh, content that people want to listen to. But, um, you know, I know you guys do week in, week out. So, uh, for me as a guest, you know, it's always a privilege. And, uh, I, you know, I listen to, to virtually every single podcast and uh, I generally enjoy it. So, let's hope this is a good one as well. No, you're making me blush, Parky. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, Next up, what we're going to do, we're going to look back at the victory against Huddersfield on Friday night. You're listening to Devil in the Detail and this is your Big Match Review. So, so for our Devils, we're victorious against Huddersfield Giants, 34 points to 14. Paul, away from home, great win. Yeah, it was. I wasn't expecting that, that Robert, at all. I, I fancied us to, to maybe get a result. and I think I said to you on my predictions, maybe 22-18 or four points in a tight game. And it, To be honest, it was a tight game, I thought. And until, as I mentioned to you the other day, about the turning point, I thought was that, that booming kick Joey Lussick did. And then he chased it, got the drop out. And then from there on, I didn't think we looked back then. But for the first, there, was, there was spells in the first half where I thought we'd give a few penalties away. And... You know, we didn't. We looked a bit scratchy, but as the game wore on, we sort of clicked into the game. And some of the, the tries we scored in the second half, we looked really good. So uh, it was a very encouraging start to the season for, for me. Can we put this down as a marker, Parker? Obviously, Huddersfield away, tough place to go, and to come away with a convincing scoreline. Is it a, a line in the sand? Well, I mean, we can only hope so. I mean, I, I must admit, I went to the game, and and people were saying to me, in you know, on the train or whatever, you know, what do you think? And I was. I was pretty negative. I think I, I probably didn't give us enough credit. Um, and I just thought Huddersfield, they look a little bit stronger this year. I know they have players missing. Um, but I thought, I've always thought Huddersfield had just been dominated by Danny Broth too much. And now he's gone. Whether the rest of the team were going to, you know, develop. Um, but we just didn't let him. Uh, you know, I think I think it is a, a bit of a mark. I, I, I said all pre-season, we've got no problem scoring tries if our back line is fit. Um you know, we we will score. My my concern was 
you know, keeping them out of the other end. And on Friday night, we, we were super. Our defence was so organised. Huddersfield, it didn't matter where they went, they were looking up and there was there was a shirt there in front of them and they, they just weren't going to break us down. And I think, I think I think we probably shocked a few. I mean, the scoreline itself would, but actually going there and winning opening night, you know, we did. I can't say we caught them cold. I just I just think we outplayed them. I think Watto got his tactics absolutely spot on. Yeah, tremendous. Obviously, nine levels, hat trick hero, Paul. You know, great way to for him to start the season. Yeah, it, it, just speaking to Niall, he, he seems to be really enjoying playing with uh, with Jackson Hastings and, and Robert Louis, their partnership. I think he'll get Niall a lot of tries this season because we all know he's a great support player. He, he can sniff a chance from anywhere on pitch Niall levels, can't he? He's that, he's that sort of tri-poaching, great support player, as I say, and... I think he's gonna he's gonna come into his own this season. I think you know now Gareth O'Brien's gone as well. He's that number one fullback now. He's gonna make that that spot. And as Watto said, it's a big season for him now. You know he's had that experience of going playing international rugby league with the England Knights in Fiji. And I think that's that's done his confidence the world of good as as well. And um, you know he he does look like he's improved to me. He looks a lot more confident. Very sharp going forward. I was very impressed with Niall, but I'd just like to echo what Parky said about the defence. Particularly in the first half, I thought Huddersfield had a lot of ball on our line and goal line defence was absolutely tremendous. But even in the second half when we had the game won, sometimes you can drop off in that intensity and let a few tries in, but they didn't. They, they kept that. It's like a, a, a personal pride on Friday night. Was a, they didn't want to let, let them score. I know they got that, that try late on on the back of about three sets of six, but we didn't cave in. We, we looked like we was really hungry and, and desperate in defence. And, you know, it was, it was a, a really good all-round performance. Yeah, you spoke to Niall after the game, and this is what I had to say. Right, Niall Levels joins me, hat-trick hero today, and uh, how did you feel getting that victory today? It was a, it was a good win, wasn't it? Yeah, definitely. We had a, a long, tough pre-season. Uh, you know, everyone's glad to see the back of that. Uh, but, you know, we've been building slowly, um, and, yeah, we, we, all, we all felt really confident coming into this game. I know a lot, a lot of people wrote us off, but... We're confident as a group uh, that you know we, we can surprise some teams, and uh, it's a good start for us this, uh, tonight. It's nothing more than a good start, but you know we, we definitely set a good start. And, but we've got to go again next week. It's about being consistent and, and backing up performances. So uh, hopefully we'll do that next week. Doggy in defence tonight as well. You had to do an awful lot of defending in that first period, didn't you? I mean the scoreline probably doesn't suggest that, but yeah. there was a lot of defending to be done, and then our class seemed to show in that second half. Yeah, well, like I say, we. Yeah, our game's built on defence. If uh, we know our tackle cause teams problems, it's just about giving our defence giving them a chance to to get the ball into Rob and, and Jacko's hands. So like, when we're on, uh, our defence is usually on as well. So I thought that was the case tonight, um, especially with Uate, you know, McIntosh. They've got a good backfield, and I thought we dealt with them pretty well. We were tight at that all all week. We knew that they, you know, they'd be the the threat for them. So uh, I thought a lot of it was built on our defence. Yeah. How much are you enjoying playing with Jackson Eastons and Robert Louis? That is that bringing more, you know, more of your game to the to the fore. Yeah, definitely. I mean, they're, they're two outstanding players, are the, the Jacko and Robbie. And we've we've worked hard all pre-season on just repetition after repetition of you know putting on as players, you know, going through sets, how how we grind out games. And um, I thought that was pretty evident tonight. You know, we we had that first half where it was you know it was an arm wrestle, it was real tough, and then that second half we kept at it. And eventually we just sort of pulled away with a, a few tries and attack. But like I say, 
our attack will cause teams problems. It's just uh, we've just got to keep backing up with defence, and uh, you know we did that tonight. Nine days now until the London game. I bet you can't wait for that now, and you've got to wait nine days for it. Yeah, definitely be good to get back to our Dafoe home fans as well. I thought our fans were outstanding tonight. It was a you know a great turnout from them, and hopefully they'll get behind us on Sunday. And uh, how much know, does that do for you and the players? You know, seeing their faces and all that noise they made behind. Yeah, the definitely. Tonight. You know, in a tough arm wrestle, it's you know you're looking for a bit of inspiration sometimes, aren't you? When your your lungs are hurting and uh, so yeah, uh, the fans give us such a boost tonight. And, uh, you know, hopefully they'll do the same Sunday. Congratulations tonight. Have a nice weekend, Cheers, mate. I'll too. see you guys. Thank you So that was Nile Levels. Uh, Paul, talking to yourself. You know, he was quite happy with his performance and the tries he took. He was. He was. But one thing about Nile, you can't say about him. He's not like a big head. He's a very grounded, grounded young man. And, you know, he's um, very softly spoken as well. And he, he does. He keeps his feet on the ground. He doesn't get too way with things and as he said there they won't be taking London lightly you know they they fully expect it to be a, a tough game this Sunday and uh, no uh, it's great to chat to Niall because uh, he said to me before I did the interview with him he's always like first in and out of the shower so he's dead hard to get older because by the time you spoke to what all the players have, have buggered off like so was, I did well to get hold of him on uh, on Friday but no privilege to speak to him because he's a smashing lad yeah obviously Ian Watson will have been chuffed with that result Parky and uh Plenty to go on in the, the next few weeks. Yeah, uh, just just going on, uh, Niall, before before we move on. I, I mean, I've always been a massive fan. Massive, massive. When he was in the academy, I just thought he had so much natural talent. You know, he, 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 the only thing he lacked, I think, was confidence. Maybe confidence in himself. But also, if he's going to play fullback, that, you know, he's got to be that mouthpiece. He's, I think that's what let Gareth O'Brien get in front of him at the club. Because I still, you've put the two of them together. I still think Niall Levels is a much better player all round than, than O'Brien was um, and I'm just delighted for him that the last year and a half have, have gone as well as he have I mean he, he broke his leg last year and what was it five six games later he's back he was back for us a massive massive fan of, of Niall and I, I hope his career just carries on and I hope he stays with us um, but yeah as you say Watto he, he must I don't know how he how he'd matched them so well this this time he, he spotted the problems on their I think it was their left edge wasn't it that we, we could target every time but they, we've only had friendlies, so I don't know how he knew that that was going to happen. I don't know. He must have a crystal ball or something. <laughs> but but all round, I mean, losing Junior early on, and you wouldn't you wouldn't have known. It was like you know, uh, Jensen uh, went out there into the centre, a back rower, um, and and fitted in perfectly. You didn't even know that that Junior wasn't there. Um, I just think over, overall, the whole team must have been absolutely buzzing. The pride, like like Paul said, that they, they showed in defence and. And when we did get the ball, just do the basics. You know, we, we went one way and then just flung the ball back the other and wore them down and, and scored tries. Yeah, it was great to see uh, Paul and the fans loved it as well. Yeah, certainly. Yeah, they did. The fans travelled in, uh, in big numbers on uh, on Friday night as well, didn't they? I mean, I was sat on that, that side stand... Um, when I got in there and uh, just as soon as I walked in I could see the, I was trying to work out how many people were there because one of the lads from, from League Express said to me how many people do you think is behind the goals there and I said I don't, I don't know really he said oh I reckon there's a good thousand there but I don't what what do you guys reckon because I, I was trying to work out how many the ground holds so if, I think it's all about 25, 26,000 it would just feel like maybe a bit more so I'm thinking how many how many the stands behind the goals hold maybe 3,000 a piece and then my maths isn't that good. Then ten thousand on each right. side—that's twenty. Yes, yeah, so it probably would be, wouldn't it? So I reckon 
900 to 1,000 there, which is a cracking following on it. I and think it was a freezing cold night as well, wasn't it? Really cold night. Um, so, yeah, great following. And they were, they were really vocal throughout the game. And, and Niall said that in his interview, that really lifts the, the players, that. And, um, you know, hopefully we can have that, that vocal support again this Sunday. And that gives the players a massive boost and that can help us this season. You know, when you're away from home at the likes of Wakefield and Castleford, when you need that boost and you've got the, the supporters behind you, sometimes you need them to just drag you through, don't you, in those games. And, you know, tough place to go with this field. And I think that's our sixth win on the spin there. So, uh, yeah, really, really good. Yeah, Paul, you spoke to uh, Ian Watson after the game. And this is what you had to say. <laughs> Coach's corner. Right, I'd say Ian Watson joins me. Were you expecting that tonight? I mean, not many people would have said you'd come here and beat Huddersfield by 20 points. Well, I, I was really confident coming to the game anyway. Like said, we've worked on things that we want to make sure we're better at going throughout the season and not really had a massive focus on Huddersfield. We've looked at what they bring and what they do and how we can counteract that. But the big one for us was making sure we were really... Um, kind of deliberate in how we played and, and what we got through. And like I say, I thought we did that for the large majority of the game. Some of the bits we've seen were a big progression on the back end of last year. So hopefully that bodes well going forward now. Defence early on, particularly in that first half, yeah, Huddersfield had a lot of possession, a lot of territory. And I mean, if you look at the scoreline, it probably doesn't suggest that. But yeah. how, how proud were you of that goal line defence? Because they, they kept going. I mean, obviously they got a try late on, but... Yeah, it stayed there, didn't it? Yeah, we, we, well, we work hard on D. D's always been a big thing for us. What you've got to have is you've got to have players who want to compete and want to want to accept challenges really and when you're on backs against the wall and you're on goal line that's a big challenge for you that and how we look at it is we don't want teams to break us so we take pride in defending our goal line and so the boys work really hard for each other so that's the biggest key for us Ken Seal crossing for, for a try today yeah, that, that, edge, that edge looked good didn't it I mean you said in your press conference that first half we probably bombed a few chances didn't yeah, we yeah we did there was a clean one where Jansen Jackson had it Jansen and Jansen dropped it um, but then obviously Jansen put Kenny in on the first one um, I thought they looked very dangerous on there and probably a little bit of down to the work of like say what Jackson was doing playing into the line squaring people up knowing when to play into the line when to play early um, I thought he was really good Nia Levels hat-trick hat-trick yep. hero um, I think it was Gary Carter just mentioned there his trip to Papua New Guinea it's a big year for Niall this one isn't it yeah I think it's a, a big one for him to kick on I, I said it at the press uh, the Super League launch I think this is the year that Niall will show everybody how good a fullback he is um, and he's got off to a great start there so hopefully he's just got to keep his feet down um, sorry keep his head down keep working hard and just keep doing the processes that he's doing at the moment and I'm sure he'll get all the success now. Something that summed it, that performance up for me was Joey Lus Lusick, that booming kick he did down the field. He chased that up and, yep. and forced a drop out. It's little things like that in games sometimes that can grind your opposition down. Yeah, you think you did that to Huddersfield tonight? Yeah, we, we've seen it um, in the game with Sellers and winging in you with some of the yardage defence that they were doing as well and the big teams have that and the big teams win competition through how well they defend yardage as well. So we've got to have an attitude that we've, we, we've got to make sure that we're really good in them parts as well and how we finish our sets off is a big one. Your goal kicking causing you concern? Yeah, something we need, to, we need to kind of look at. You need to start scoring tries under the post. Yeah, yeah. We, we know we've got some good kickers, some yeah. really good kickers. I mean, Joey's first two were right on the touchline to be fair to him. And they're always yeah. a bit of a lottery, a bit of a bonus. Um, then he nailed the one from right underneath. It's more the ones within 10 from the touchline. You need to be nailing them over within 90% of them. So, yeah, it's something we've had a little look at through pre-season. We know we've got other kickers um, obviously Jackson's had a little bit of a quad in pre-season well, so he's not kicked and we're not putting him under pressure to kick goals because we want Jackson fit for the full season rather than for just like now and obviously if he kicks and he, 
it does something to his um, quad when it's not at full strength and that's a problem for us um, but it might be something that we need to look at obviously we've got neighbours of sale there might be that's something that we can look up and link it, link in with them hopefully maybe you've now got a long turn on it's next Sunday London Broncos yeah. you're welcome to the AJ Bell Stadium yeah. I mean that, they're not going to be no pushovers are they is it, is it a case of keeping the lads feet on the ground now because this is a big win this isn't it yeah it's a good win for us but it's the first game of the season and, and we can't be getting cocky or carried away with ourselves because for that win today um, we need to make sure that if, if we are going to be a good team we treat every team with respect um, London are a good team I watched them play against Lee the other day and they played exactly how they did against us at their place they just grind you down they keep doing the same thing same thing same thing and they stick to the game plan they don't get bored of it they know what the strengths are and they just keep playing to that for us it's going to have to, we're going to have to probably be patient there because I imagine they'll stay in quite a few games with the way they play so it'll be up to us to make sure that we come with the best attitude and the best kind of um, game plan to open them up How's Junior South? Because I know he went off, took a bit of a knock, his, his ribs. Yeah, it looks like he's done. I don't know how severe it is yet. Um, we'll assess that as we go through the week, but it looks like he'll unlikely be fit for next week, which gives an op gives an opportunity maybe to young Jake Bibber, who was unlucky to miss out tonight. Any more injury worries, or is it just that? Oh, one no, really? we've just got a couple of knocks, but hopefully I think we've got a good mate to be fair. Thanks very much for speaking yeah, to us, Ian. I'll see you next week, mate. mate. Coach's corner. So that was Ian Watson Parky talking to Paul after the game, and Ian Watson said some really good things about the fans and how they get behind the team. Yeah, just yeah, going on numbers. I don't know where I've read it, but I, I don't know if it was official. But something somewhere rings about somebody's mentioned eleven hundred of us, um, and that wouldn't surprise me. I mean, we always generally travel well to Woodersfield. It's not far. It's, it's a short train journey for those who who were making that. It was the first game of the season, but. You know, it was still a Friday night and it was freezing. So what an effort. And, and some of the noise that, that was made, it was it was one of them where you just stopped, you know, everyone's singing, you stop and just look around and think, yeah, where, where have all these people come from? It, it must give the players a list. It, it must do. Um, and I think coming up against Huddersfield, who I, I was very disappointed with their support in both numbers and, and volume, to be honest, uh, for an opening night. I know the, their team probably didn't give them much to cheer about, but... Um, if, if we can travel in them numbers away from home, you know, you'd expect us to be getting 10,000 at home. Um, and it certainly sounded like there was a few more there than, than actually were. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Watto, he, he knows the importance of fans. He's a local lad. You know, he, know, he knows a lot of us anyway. Uh, he knows what it means to us. And uh, and I think it just shows, you know, the team give us something and we'll, you know, we've given the team a bit back. And, and like I say, hopefully this Sunday, everyone turns up, brings another one. And, and we build on this. And then hopefully by the Leeds game, uh, which I will say now, sadly, I won't be at. Um, it will have, you know, we'll have a really good turnout. Yeah, like you say, it's super amazing. Oh, it makes me chuckle that part when people say, just bring a mate. It's like, just kidnap someone and bring them to the game. You know what I mean? It's, like, it's weird how, how people kind of say that. But, you know, hopefully, like you said, this marketing drive uh, will come and, you know, people will turn up. Parker. Yeah, well, I was just thinking perhaps, you know, if we got, I don't know, a certain fee that might be owed from a certain club, we could use that to promote certain games. But <laughs> yeah. obviously, we don't know what's happening there. Um, but yeah, definitely. I mean, word of mouth is one of the biggest things, though, Rob. Uh, I've said it all along. You know, people look in the papers at a day and they might pretend not to know what's going on or care that much about Salford or rugby. But you, you go to a pub anywhere around here and, and somebody who knows a Salford fan will say, you got beat this weekend. Or That was a good win, wasn't it? And there, there is an interest. And then you tell them how good it was. And and they they you know they 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 take an interest and yeah that that's how it builds I think word of mouth's a big thing but obviously we do need to to market the games a little bit but 
that's you know a financial issue that we we've, we've, we've got to tackle now. But uh, I think product on the pitch is is the answer. You start winning games, people turn up. Yeah, talking about interest, Paul. Uh, my dad's told me today. He said, "Have you seen that article in the, in the evening news about Salford again?" And I went, "Yeah." And he went, "They're always in the paper these days, and that, that's what we want. We want to be able to be in the evening news in in the national papers." as much as possible, positively. Yeah, definitely. And what Parker said there was, was, was spot on, you know, about um, word of mouth and things like that. I mean, you're always going to have your hardcore support and you're going to go rain or shine and, you know, the, the mugs that, that, that go week in, week out, whether you're getting beat 50 points or whatever. But people, especially these days as well, want to be associated with, with winning winning clubs and winning mentalities, don't they? If you can start winning winning games and people think, oh, bloody hell, Salford's won again. Or, you know, they see you in the paper and like, you see you up near the top of the, the league and, you, you know, you start building a bit of momentum. People are going to, you know, let's go and check it out. And I'm sure that that's, that could happen this season. And, I mean, I, I don't expect us to, to, to win the league or finish in the, the top two or whatever. But if we can win matches and be entertaining and we've got a guy there in Jackson Hastings who... who He's a big personality in the sport. You know, we brought Ken Seal in as well. There's, there's some good names there, isn't there? And, you know, some, some exciting players that we, we've got. So, um, I think we, we're an attractive sort of sort of team to watch as well. So, uh, very positive. I am really positive about this season. I've not been this positive for a while now. And I know people have said to me, oh, you, your squad's small, you're going to struggle and, and this, that and the other. But I don't buy into that sometimes. I think it's what you make it sometimes. And, We've got a chance. We get two points on on, on Sunday. You've got four points already. It's a, it's a good solid start. So uh, let's just let's just keep going week by week. I know it's an old cliche, but week by week, just keep building. But the coverage we've got in the press, I think, has been excellent this season. And that's off to the club as well. I think for the, the social media campaign that, that, that they've done. I, mean, I know me and you have spoke about this, Rob, haven't we? You've got to get outside the bubble of social media sometimes. But in the bubble, I think some of these videos that they've done and. You know the launch video and things like. That. I think hats off to that because I think it was really really good. Yeah, I think you got big odds on. You mentioned the, bu- bu- the bubble before I did. <laughs> <laughs> got a big big odds on that. I tell you, uh, big thanks for everyone who gave the three word match reports and man the matches. Gonna have to get comfy because we've got a few this week. Uh, Martin, uh, joy to watch. His man the match was Josh Jones. James Hodgkinson, uh, very good day. His man the match was Turgot. Chris and Janet Shenton, top of the table. Uh, then the man of the match was Josh Jones. Parky, Josh Jones, picking up a few man of the match awards there? Yeah, it doesn't doesn't surprise me. Again, I, I've mentioned it last time I was on, probably every time I've been on, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Josh Jones as well. I think he offers so much. He's, again, I, I was surprised he didn't go in the centre when, uh, when we lost Junior, but he, he, stayed, he stayed up front in the pack. He, he just works so hard. and he's, He must be a nightmare to tackle. Uh, you know, two or three men every time trying to drag him down. He's, he's back on his feet, quick play the ball and 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 one of my uh, men of the match, I suppose, from from uh, Friday night benefits from that, and that's uh, Joey Lusick. Um, again, a, a, a unbelievable performance. The work rate and the, the minutes he puts in, he's fantastic. But on the back of a quick play the ball, you give Lusick, you know, a couple of yards, he'll he'll make you pay for that. Um, I thought he was excellent, but Josh Jones is a he's a he's a fantastic player and another one that I just don't we we get to keep and see the best of. Yeah. They've got Mark, some great defence. His man of the match was Turgot again. Gary Williams, wingers got the ball. Uh, his man of the match was Gil Dudson. Uh, Richard Martin, plenty of strike power. Turgot again. Mike Woodbridge needs Blakely's boots. Uh, and his man of the match was Dudson. Uh, Paul, Ble- needs Blakely's boots. I suppose he did miss a few kicks. Might be a bit of a concern for Wattle. 
Yeah, well, I said to her in the in the interview, they need to start scoring some tries under the post, don't they? Because all the tries were uh, well out wide and they were difficult difficult kicks, weren't they? So, uh, so yeah, Steve Blakely was, was a top goal kicker, wasn't he? But I'm sure we'll get things right this season. I think Ed Chamberlain's our, our kicker of choice, and he, he's out injured at the, at the moment. But uh, but yeah, I'm sure I'm sure we'll get that right. I mean, if we can score eight eight tries every week, we don't need to hit the goals, do we? We'll just win on on, on tries scored. But I wouldn't say it was an over overly concern at the moment. It, it, it's quite funny you say that. I remember something that Carl Harrison said when he was in charge, and he, we were talking then about goal kickers, and this is going back what 2003, 2004, something like that. And he said something that that stuck with me ever since: that you can't carry a goal kicker. You no, can't you have can. somebody in your team. It's not American football who just kick. You know, he's great at kicking goals. It doesn't work like that. They've got to be an all-round player. And if we've got 17 in 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 our squad for a match day that are all you know good at what they do. Unfortunately, can't get goals. That's that's a you know a price sadly we're going to have to pay to get a good goal kicker who's a good player as well. You know they're at a premium. You, they, they don't exist that often. And like you say, it's a shame we lost Chamberlain because he's he he can kick goals and he's a very good player as well. And I'm, I'm, I'm still scratching my head about Dennis Betts and his treatment at Witness, but there you go. Um, but you know we know Jackson can kick, but he's carrying a bit of a knock as as Watto has, has obviously alluded to. Uh, I'm not sure Joey Lussett was ever a goal kicker, but he's taken up, you know, the, the, the mantle as it as it is at the moment. So a bit of practice. I know Watto mentioned Sale, didn't he? And in, in one of his interviews about getting them involved, and yeah, that'd be great. You know, let's let's get their goal kicking coach to have a look at us and a few a few little tips here and there. And, and who knows? And as the season goes on, you know, them important ones that we definitely need. The other two points might might just come for us. Yeah, uh, said by night. Hopefully that's Chairman Bob because he does he does do some amazing pictures uh, and he's uh, on his way round Caddy's head. Um, his decent away win uh, and their man of the match was Lee Mossop. Uh, Martin Jones football skills um, and his man of the match was Lussick. Uh, Dave Woolley, well done Reds. Uh, Evels, um, Tony Holmes, fan bloody tastic. His man of the match was Evels. Uh, Paul, uh, you know Evels picking up his uh, man of the matches there three tries. You know, he's obviously going to be up there. Yeah, definitely. Very creative, Evels, as well. I thought he was very solid at the back. But as you guys said before, Josh Jones, I thought he was excellent, particularly in the first half. He's making lots and lots of ground down um, the left-hand side where where I was sat. And Jansen Turgut as well, who I've got a little song for (laughs) that I told somebody about the other day. And they said, no, it's rubbish, that, Paul, so don't mention it again. Pardon? You're going to give us a little burst of it. Well, have you ever heard the song by Manfred Mann, the mighty Quinn? Yes. Yes. Well, I thought, come on without, come on within, you'll not see nothing like the mighty Jansen. Oh, you see? <laughs> For Jansen Turgut, why not? I don't know. I've not put it on social media because I, I said it to someone who went, no, nah, it's crap, that part. Keep your mouth shut. I, think, I, think, <laughs> I, think, I don't think John Lennon had anything to worry about, did he? <laughs> Oh, I've heard a lot worse, believe me, on the, on the terraces at the uh, the Willows. It? <laughs> I just I just like that song, and I couldn't think of any other player to sing it to. So I don't know, but I thought I thought just being serious for a minute, guys. I thought Turgut was excellent, and they they kicked through as well for for Evels's try. Mm. You know, he seems to as well as being a, a grafter, Turgut. I think he has it. He's got a bit to his game as well. He can play a bit, and um, that that's vital. That's what you want. But Lee Mossop, another one. I think he's got a few mentions there for man of the match. He played an hour straight as a prop yeah. forward on Friday night. That's a massive effort, especially these days. 
you know, you look at the way props are spelled now and, you know, 10, 15 minutes here, there and everywhere. But to play 60 minutes straight there as a prop forward, I think it's a big effort, that, a very big effort. Um, Gil Dudson, I know, got a few shouts mm-hmm. of mine. I'm actually, I was very pleased with the pack. I thought we looked really mobile. Someone said to me in the week, we've not got the biggest pack in the world, but I think we've got a mobile pack of, of, yeah. of blokes who are not just... <clears throat> Ed down merchants. I think we've got some skill in there, and you know, as you can land on the front, get the quick play of the ball. And it's not all about size now, especially with the way the substitutions are going. You know, you eight subs now. What I said it the other week. We're not going to be making as many substitutions. We need to get more out of out of players and more game time out of them. And that. So, as Parky said before, I think he got his, his tactics absolutely perfect on Friday. Wall. Being less serious, if anyone can get that going on Sunday, that'd be much appreciated. I'll give you the five if you can get it going. <laughs> say say All right. by uh, bushes. Right. <laughs> I'll have to remember that. Yeah. Five are up. Uh, we've got Chris Chris Sanders about flipping time. Uh, top four material. Uh, Carol Eccles, Hattrick Man, Evels. Uh, Roy Ellaby, outstanding team performance, Niall Evels. Peter Ronnie Williams, Red Devils Rising, Evels. Debbie Lee Hare. Absolutely amazing effort. Evels again. Mike Hope, top of the league. Evels. Um, and that's your lot. So, quite a lot. Three-word match reports compared you know, to that. Oh. Oddly enough, out of all that, neither of the halfbacks got a mention. No. Now, now for us to be good this year, Hastings and, and Louis have, have got to be on form. And, and they must have done something, right? You know, they must have guided us around the pitch and yet nobody's actually... And that, I think that's brilliant. Because we, we could be over-reliant. We were last year on Rob Lewis for most of the season until Jackson arrived. And then Jackson was here for seven games, missed two, and we lost them both. So we were over-reliant on him. So it just shows that you know they don't have to be the complete stars of the show if other lads step up. And, and that was, I mean, that's what's you know really pleasing about the whole team performance. Yeah. Obviously, our three were match reports and other matches. Paul, this year, there's a trophy involved in this, isn't there? So I've had a quick sort of count up, and Nia Level's got the most votes. And then you've got Mossop, uh, Josh Jones, and Turgut all under the same amount. So we're going to give Ebbles like one point, and the, well, two points, and the rest one point. So that way it's going to be first, second, and third, you think, just on the fly? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Are you keeping the tally of, of all this? The score, yeah. So okay. we've got two points. On your head, be it then. <laughs> <laughs> You're in charge. Yeah. Then we got their Mossop. Jones and Turgut with one. Right. Got his name right as well this week. I'm practicing, can't you tell? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, great win for Sulphur and Devils against Huddersfield Giants uh, away from home on Friday. And next up, on the Devil of Detail, we're going to look back, look forward to the amateur report with Paul Whiteside. to report is quite a short one this week as Rob mentioned in the podcast the Salford Red Devils Rising Stars progressed through in the Knockout Rugby League Cup there was also fixtures this week in the Premier Division of College Rugby League Hopwood Hall were playing Furness and in Division 2 Salford Red Devils Rising Stars A were at home to Wigan and Lee in the Universities League it's the BUCS Trophy Leicester play Salford and in the Northern Conference Cup, Manchester play Huddersfield. It's the second round of the Rugby League Challenge Cup this coming weekend. On Saturday, the games are taking... So that was Paul's amateur report. And next up, we're going to be talking to Parker 
about his best over 13. Get the kick right out of your radio. This is Radio Contact. So, Parker, your best over 13. Give us a give us a go. What's your thought process? Is it sort of players that you've seen recently, or is it a mixture of when you started to now? Yeah, it's basically from probably the early eighties to uh, up till probably two seasons ago, maybe. Uh, I've not really counted any nobody in this squad for for obvious reasons. It wouldn't be fair, and you know anything can happen. You can love somebody one minute and and detest them the next. Um, but what I will say is, uh, and this is how difficult it's been. Now you remember me mentioning this what back in. October, November, something like that. Yeah. That was all putting our teams together. Um, I've listed uh, 115 players that I've had to narrow down, yeah. which hasn't been easy, believe me, because every, a lot of them have got, you know, could be in there on their own merit. And mm. but I've had to, I've had to. I'm not totally convinced, but I'll, I'll agree with this when I wake up in the morning. But um, it's it's quite a strong team, I will say that, and uh, and hopefully, you know. Certain people will agree with certain and certain players and maybe not. But I initially came up with a squad of 27. But obviously, I'll just give you me, uh, I don't know, me 17 maybe. Otherwise, yeah. we, could be, we could be in all night while I go through it. Yeah, we could have a, uh, probably have a three-show three podcast with the 106 oh, players. Listen, I've actually, I actually made something like five or six teams of 13 out of it that I would, you know, I wouldn't have had any problems watching week in, week out. But uh, yes. Um, I also did a cult heroes team, which is which is hilarious when I think back at some of them. But there you go. So uh, yeah, well, do you want me to uh, crack yeah. on? Or we we'll do start. We... We'll start with your fullback, Parker. Who's, who's your fullback? This this was one of the toughest. I'll be perfectly honest with you. We've we, it's one of them positions that I think we've been pretty blessed with in in best part of forty years, really. Um, and, and there are many obvious names and. Uh, I kind of narrowed it down to um, to to two in the end. Um, I was gonna go with Gibbo, as he was just, you know, he lit, he lit up he lit up the Willows for you know a, a large part of the his time of the eighties and nineties. He was a, such a such a character, but for quality, um, I've had to go with Gary Jack. Um, obviously, I mean, you, you you don't get voted the best player in the world. If, if you're not particularly good um, but I think it, it, at that point it was such a massive you know earth shattering signing that the whole rugby league were going Gary Jack signing for Salford who you know well let's, let's not forget we were a part time team and he came here and he, he didn't he didn't lack any effort and he just had that quality about him uh, and especially against the big teams he really he really stood up and shone for me and uh, it's horrible leaving Gibbo out. He's still one of my favourites now. And as, as a character, if he came down to that, Gibbo would get in every time and, and his longevity with us and everything else. But if it comes to quality, it had to be Gary Jack. Yeah, Gary Jack was a you know, fantastic player for us. Paul, golden boot winner as well. Uh, and to cut myself was Matt, was a big coup for at the time. Yeah, I don't... It's a funny one because he didn't play that many games for us, did he? He didn't play about 16 games. So I know he was a well, great player, but I probably, we didn't probably see the best of him, he, did we? But he was in a, that struggle inside. I, I thought about this one and I ended up going for Gibbo just because I thought we got more out of him. Um, I know they came at a similar sort of time, didn't they? And I, I know I, thought, I always thought we got better 
service that I give him because he was he was there for long. But there's no doubt when Gary Jack was a fantastic player, golden boot winner when we, we signed him, probably one of the best players in the world. But I never thought we saw the best of him because we didn't have him have him long enough really. Because if you remember back those days, Australian players used to come at the end of their season, didn't they, and just sort of stay until mm-hmm. about Christmas, January, and then they go back, wouldn't they? So. Um, we've, we had a few like that over the years, didn't we? But there's no doubt, and it's it, like Parky said, we've been blessed by players in that position, haven't we? Really, over the years, I mean, there's there's, there's guys that played just before I started going like Paul Fletcher, Steve, well, and people yeah. like that, and then go back to Paul Chartley, and my dad's heroes, and then the likes of Gary Broadbent who played there, and even blokes that didn't play there for long. I mean, that Jason Flowers we had in about 2003. <laughs> I thought he was a good player. So we've we've had some super fullbacks, and I think you know. There's a whole host of ones we could have picked. The uh, the, the thing with the, the fullback thing, I mean, Gary Jack came back for another spell, didn't he? I think he ended up playing yeah. just short 50 times for us in the end. But uh, obviously, in his second spell, he was more of a player coach as well. Um, but like you say, players like Gary Broadbent and Hampson, Flowers, Scott Mann, uh, you know, off the top of my head, even Luke Patton, Fitzer, uh, John Wilshire. Who was, you know, when he played at fullback for a while, was was a fantastic attacking option. Could, you know, we've just had so many. It was such a tough thing, and I hate leaving Gibbo. I actually, you know, this is what I'm saying. I've been fighting with myself for for months over this, but um, yeah, unfortunately, I had to pick one, and I, I've just gone with Gary just for his he, he, he's a little bit more quality. So, give us your give us your next winger, Paul. Give us your first winger. Right, my first winger. Now, this is where it gets even more controversial, okay. I think. And uh, obviously, one of the one of the top ones would have been would have been Tex. I think you could have gone for Tex any day of the week. Um, but I didn't. I've gone for my first winger. I've gone for Phil Ford. Phil. Um, he came obviously at the back end of his career with us. Um, we managed to swap him with. Mick Worrell at Leeds um, and I know which one of us got the better deal and it, it makes you wonder why Leeds couldn't win anything at that time um, Phil Ford, what a character what an entertainer and I think his, his record with us was a one in two one try in every two games which is, you know, it's quite quite a good record for a 30 odd year old man on the wing um, as he was but his, his entertainment value alone he, he just, he excited me so much watching him um, and uh, you know he, he wasn't conventional he was definitely of the old school and uh, even when he finished playing he ended up staying around here didn't he I think he started running a pub in Oddsall for a bit that's the kind of kind of man he is um, or was but yeah so I went, I went with Ford um, and I had to leave out Tex um, on, on, on one wing uh, and again we've had some really good wingers and obviously we'll get on to the next one in a few positions time but uh, yeah I've gone with Ford over Tex yeah, Phil Ford for me. Like Parky said, prolific scorer for Salford. Pace to burn. Paul, good choice. The rubber man, yeah. Yeah, and he, he, was, a, he was a character as well, wasn't he, Phil Ford? And no, I don't think you can argue with that. I think he scored tries wherever he played, didn't he? And it's another position, really, where we've 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 had some good good wingers on, you know, over the years, haven't we? We I think we've always had pretty good wingers, and there's there's probably a dozen. I I, I narrowed mine down to and. I, I found that really tough picking a winger, but I'm um, perhaps I'm a bit more romantic than Parky because I went for Gibbo and Tex in my team. But um, but no, you can't argue with Phil Ford. I thought he was a really entertaining player and, uh, and a great character. What, what, what I will say about them first two you just mentioned there, Gibbo and Tex, they're both in my my cult hero team, if you like. The, you know the characters yeah. that they just make you smile. Um, you know, the, I mean, 
Texas nickname was Teflon, so it gives you an idea of uh, you know how good his hands were. Um, but for entertainment <laughs> value alone, he, you know, he, he was worth admission fee, wasn't he? The glamour of him, with his golden locks and everything. But, uh, I, 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 yeah, like you say, another tough one. And I'll give you some more names when we finish the wingers. But, um, I, yeah, Ford, he just scored tries and entertained at the same time. Yeah, who was his uh, centre-packer? Well, there's only one. There was only, um, I think, probably four positions that were nailed on to go in, in, in this team. Four names that were, were, I think, would would have fit any any generation of you know some of the great sides of the 30s and 70s. Peter Williams is my first centre, um, without a shadow of a doubt, still one of the finest I've seen. Um, came to us from Oral Rugby Union, having played for England Rugby Union. Um, what a classy player! He just had everything. He, he when he played at standoff for us, which is a position he hated apparently. He was phenomenal. Absolutely, his craft, his kicking, his the way he passed the ball, his movement. He was he was just style. Um, and this is when centres weren't, you know, six foot, eighteen stone bullies. You know, he had to play a bit against some real, real good players. And again, one of them probably could have gone to a bigger club and maybe should have done. I think Wigan probably a bit kicking themselves. I know he was about twenty eight when he signed for us, but Peter Williams just one one player that would have gone in any generation and. Um, and he stuck with us for a while, you know. He must have played on till he was, what well, I don't know, probably mid late thirties, really. I mean, I'm not sure his age was ever totally convincing, but a very well educated man, well spoken, and uh, and a quality rugby league player. I agree with that. Paul, what do you think? I agree with it because I put Peter Williams on my team as well. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I just echo everything that Parky said. He was class. He was a classy centre, proper. Proper centre. I mean, play, you see players these days and the, the utility backs, aren't they? Oh, he can play on a wing, he can play on the centre. Peter Williams, you know, you know he, he made that position his own, didn't he? And he had a good kicking game and wasn't out of position at stand now. Such a creative player as well. And no, like Parker said, he was one of the first ones on my team sheet. And he was one of the first players I remember, you know, growing up. You know, sort of first watching solve. I know you mentioned Tex and, and Gibbo before. They're the sort of players that got me hooked watching them. You know, just the the way they, they played the game. But Peter Williams was one of the first players I set up and thought, wow, he, he's a good player. And, and yeah, he, he made my team. Who's your other centre then, Parker? I've got an idea who it could be. Uh, I don't. I don't think you will. I'm not yeah. sure you'll get this. Um, this is going back to my very my early days. Um, I'm one of the few from that era that's. That's made it in the team. Um, I've gone with Jed Byrne, ah. uh, a guy that when I first started watching, he was he was a young lad coming through, and he was. I know it's hard to say, but I just think he was probably too good for us. And as it turned out, Wigan came in, snapped him up, and he went on to win. You know, well, when you, when you signed for Wigan at that time, you did go on to win everything. Um, a really really good player, tough tough tackling player as well, really, but. He had that bit of class, a bit of quality about him. Scored a lot of tries, um, and you know at that time Wigan could could have signed anybody from anywhere, and they, they came knocking on our door. And uh, I remember an uncle of mine once saying to to me, old man, um, God God bless them both, um, something like, "If he plays more than ten times for Wigan, I'll eat my hat." Well, um, I think he had, he had quite a few hats by the end of it because he became a regular in that in a great great Wigan side. Um, another tough tough decision, but. Going back to that, that you know, that era of, again, at that time, we, we were a struggling team when he came in the early 80s, probably 82, 83, something like that. Um, 
and he just stood out for me as a as a as a as a cracking player. And when like I say when Wigan wanted him, he must have he must have had something. I'd have, I'd have put big money on you saying Kevin McGuinness there. No, I, as much as much as I was a fan of Buddha, uh, and I want a cracking bloke he was, and a lovely fan, and a good a good player. I mean, he was just unlucky with injuries a lot with us. Um, very talented player, but no, no. In fact, to to be fair, Buddha would have probably come about fourth or fifth in all this in the centres for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one the one I really struggled not to get in was was Greg Austin. Again, a player from the 80s who uh, went and played for Halifax and Old KR. Uh, he played for Rochdale initially, well, coming over from Manly. Um, and Ozzy, he, he was a quality player. He scored, he scored bucketfuls of tries. I think he scored, he might have scored 40-odd in, in two seasons at Hull KR and Halifax, respectively, or something like that. He was great for us, uh, but he had to miss out. Uh, and quite a few more. One, one recent one, which... I really, I really struggled with, but I just couldn't put him in. Was Joel Moon, another fantastic player? You know, had the lot really, Joel, didn't he? In that, in that bat line we had at that point as well. Um, but you know, you, you've got to make, a, you've got to cut a few players. Um, obviously, Stewie Littler, not, not the greatest player you'll ever see, but a hard worker and a more dedicated, you know, clubman you struggle to find. Um, there's quite a few really. Scott Naylor, McAvoy. Even Mickey Hancock played there for a little bit. Another another great servant to us in, in that way. Ian Bragger, uh, a, a centre I really liked. We didn't have him for very long. But, you know, you, you've got to make a decision. So, uh, yeah, I've got my centres as Peter Williams and Jed Byrne. Yeah, so some great names there. He's reeled off there, Paul. Yeah, Ian Bragger, he got in my team. He was a fantastic really? centre. I think we were in for a season, didn't we? And I think did we transfer him to Castleford. We, we he did, scored about yeah. 20 tries, didn't he, for us? And oh, he was a, like a tall, sort of rangy player. But I think we got him from Keithley, didn't we? That, and, that's uh, right, yeah. He was, I, I really liked him. I know my dad was a big fan of his as well. And he, he, I think he made my bench. I think I put him on the bench. But just going back to what you said there about Jed Byrne, I know... You're a bit older than me, Parky, with the greatest respect. And I know my dad always, my dad always tells me about that side of the, of the early eighties and mm. a bit before my time. But he, he said to me, he said we, we struggled there then. But you'll probably remember, Parky, the, the guys that we had there, like Jed Byrne, Paul O'Neill, David Stevenson, yeah. Colin Whitfield. We had yeah. some good youngsters that could Paul Fletcher that came through and. For one reason or we couldn't hang on to them, could we? And they, they all drifted away, and quite a lot of them went to Wigan, didn't they? And I think after that, them are reamed off, they went to, to Wigan, didn't we? So, yeah, really, in a way, it was, I suppose it was a shame, really, wasn't it? That we couldn't hang on to that, the nucleus of that side, yeah, definitely. Like you say, you know, Stevenson certainly did. I think Whitfield didn't end up at Halifax, didn't he? I think he, he might have won the Challenge Cup with Halifax, uh, after he, after he left us, obviously, Jed Byrne, as you say. Um, and you know, following on from that, we had the likes of Kieran O'Loughlin. Who had been, yeah. you know, been playing since eighteen hundred and summer, I think. Um, yeah. But again, really good for us. He, he'd slowed down and he, he probably got sent off more times than he scored tries. But um, you know, around you know that was just coming out of that era. But yeah, we did. We had we had some good youngsters back then, and uh, I think money money talked, didn't it? And Wigan, yeah. you know, they were, they were a full time pro team, and we were, you know, it's just a semi pro sport, and a chance you got to take. And if you have got that quality, you do it. Who's your wing? Who's your next winger, Parker? Well, love him, love him, I'll loathe him. Um, another player we got right at the end. I think you know where I'm going with this. 
um, uh, Mr. Martin of Fire. Yeah. Um, I, I, I can still. There were there were tries he scored, which wingers don't score. Not let's not forget we signed him in his thirties. He'd been at you know he'd been at I think he'd been at London before we ended up getting him, didn't he? You know after his Wigan stint and witness. What I, I, to see him run? It was unreal when you actually saw him up close. You'd see him on the TV or when he was scoring at Central Park against you, and you were you know ten miles away from the pitch. When you're sitting in the shed and you see this guy run past. He, he was like he was like lightning at thirty odd. Um, I think that one game stands out in particular. We played all FC at home, and uh, and Hull were winning with ten minutes to go, maybe less. And, uh, and they had a young Brian Carney, very young at the time. He he just signed from I think it was probably in a gate set, hadn't he? And he'd come off the bench, so he was fresh as a daisy. And uh, Hull dropped the ball on near our line, and a fire picked it up. And he, he just left Carney just trailing, absolutely trailing. I remember looking at a whole fan who was through in the shed. And as soon as the fire picked the ball up, he just dropped his head and he knew what was coming. And he did it again about two minutes later. And it, just a phenomenal player. And people just say you can't tackle. I, I'm not being funny, you know. I, I don't remember anyone saying the world's best uh, striker in, in football to make him play at centre-back. <laughs> That's not the idea. His idea was, you know, he scored tries and, Martin of Fire certainly did, and uh, you know, like I say, love him or loathe him, and he's certainly a, a, a controversial character at times. As a rugby league player, it was an absolute joy to watch him. He had his moments, Paul at Salford. Obviously, when when the gap opened up and he managed to get through it, there was no one to stop him, was there? No, I I can remember a trial. I'm glad he mentioned the fire because I remember um, I can't remember who it was against, but we're stood, you know, under the old scoreboard. In the in the corner where the burger van used to be, where that big red gate was, um, just sort of in the corner where the club, the old club shop was, down the, down the side there, between yeah. the main stand and the and the club. I was stood down there, and um, I can't remember who we played, but I was just literally on the corner flag there, and he got the ball of fire, and it was only a short range try, it must have been about twenty twenty five yards out, and the, the gap was nothing between the, the the defending winger and the corner flag, and he got the ball, and in the blink of an eye, he was over the try line, and it was just like wow. Because it was right, it was literally. He was. I could have touched him. He was. He was that close to me where he was stood, and he just took your breath away. And he, and like he said, he's thirty odd year old then, but he he still had that that pace and, and stuff like that. You don't forget those those things. Yeah, I can still remember that now. And you know, uh, no, he was. He was. He was a fantastic player, and we could have had him a, a bit a bit younger. Like I, I remember mm. him playing against us for Witness um, early on. It might have been his debut actually. Um, I remember going there with my dad to the old Norton Park and every time he got the ball I had to turn away because it was that scared he was just going to run through us because it, it was so nerve-wracking every time he touched it because people couldn't get get near him or get hold of him because he'd sort of have this this thing of running sort of sideways didn't he and you, yeah. you, you were standing off him and you know like a box you know like, like trying to work your angles out whether you're going to go in and try and tag him or he'd just be away but what a, what a special player great player great player and I, I think uh you know, I think I went to a game, uh, Wigan and Leeds. I think it was a Premiership game uh, back at Central Park. Me and, me and a mate of mine decided, that, you know, there's nothing doing, so we, we got a bus down. And I'm sure he scored ten tries. Ten tries, yeah, yeah, he did. I, I, you know, yeah. we we'd actually gone. I can't believe I'm going to say this, wanting Leeds to win. Um, but after a couple of minutes, it was blatantly obvious they were in a different ballpark to them, and. Uh, uh, every time a fighter got the ball, he, he, he just, I mean, the, the, at this point, he was probably mid-twenties and in his prime. And 
as soon as, like you say, Wigan were finding gaps everywhere. And as soon as he got the ball, he was gone. Um, and that, I mean, that's one of them memories. And obviously it wasn't for us, but it just highlights how good a player he was. Yeah. Um, but like, you know, again, like we said, we had lots of decent wingers. Uh, Adrian Adley was a good winger. Jody Broughton, a, a good winger for us. Um, Hodger, uh, Darren Rogers, Nick Pinkner. You know, there's they so many. One of one of the first ones I remember was Clive Griffiths. I remember, remember Clive. Mm-hmm. Um, there's been there's been a lot. Uh, Johnson, Mark Johnson, the South African. He was a decent. Yeah, he was. Uh, you know, so we, we 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 again another position we've not done bad. But one player that I, I would have liked to have put in if he'd have ever managed to stay longer was a a Kiwi, Jason Williams. He only played about I think he only played ten times. Sure, he scored six tries. Uh, Kiwi international and uh, a, a phenomenal player, but sadly, like I say, as you were saying before, Paul, at that point you didn't get him for long. Uh, he was he was a class above, and he'd have been a he'd have been a star. But uh, yeah, so that's that's me one to five done. Yeah, I remember my best Martin Fire moment was when he scored his five five hundred try at Charlton, and he went yeah. the pulse <laughs> and then ran off and celebrated in front of the empty stand. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, did he did he score the winner at Kingstonian when we beat London in the cup? I think he did. And then Darren Brown had, had to kick the goal to win the game. And as it's he like was twenty two twenty one, yeah, twenty one twenty. Yeah, and he and Darren Brown said after the game he didn't realise he had to kick it. <laughs> he thought we'd already won, so if he missed it, it didn't matter, and it went through. Uh, I think it was the last minute and a fire scored. So, yeah, That's just another one of those uh, fire memories. It's about a massive pitch invasion. Yeah, it did. Yeah. Brilliant. Uh, standoff, Park, use your standoff. Well, anyone who knows me will have already guessed this and probably guessed it at the start of the show when you mentioned what I was going to do. Hmm. Uh, this is this is my all-time favourite Salford player. And I'm going to say the best player I've seen in a Salford shirt. Um, and hopefully Jackson Hastings can take this this one day. But um, it's Neil Baker. Um, again, a player we only had for I think we got him for seventeen games uh, back in eighty five, eighty six. I I have still not seen a player who could do what he could do. Um, and and again, I go on about the players around him. You know, they were they were pretty average players, most of them. And I think most of them would put their hand up and you know admit that. And Neil had come and he, he'd signed from South Sydney. And he, at the time, I think he'd just been voted the top standoff in the in the NRL. Uh, you know, you got the Brett Kennys of the world knocking about then and people like that. So um, in that actual season, and he came to us and uh, some of the memories he left me with. And, and we, you know, I must admit, I'm probably a little bit biased as well. We stayed friends after he went back home. Um, he used to, you know, write and send me stuff from Australia. And, but... Uh, what a player. Anyone who saw him, there'll be people listening to this now just nodding their head, thinking back to a couple of instances which were just absolutely breathtaking what he could do. Um, and again, we we wanted to bring him back, but he got snapped up again by, you know, in the NRL. He went back to Penrith when he left us and, uh, you know, and carried on playing over there. But my, my all-time favourite. Obviously, Paul, you know, Parky's got his favourite there in Neil Baker and, you know, he was a great player, and shame he didn't stay for longer. I knew he was going to say Neil Baker because I know he's a big, big Neil Baker fan. And yeah, from what I've read about him, and he was just about a season before I started going. But I remember we'd had saying what a great player he was, and I think we've had 
we've been blessed to have have a few players like that over the years. I don't know Jeff Selby was a big favourite of my dad's, and he he didn't stay long, you know, in, in the forwards and. And, and and went back to Australia and tragically was in an accident, wasn't he? But we've had a few, you know, that have, that have come and not stayed. It's just a shame we couldn't have kept them a bit longer because you could have built a side round round guys like that, couldn't you? So, uh, but yeah, I, I knew Parky was going to say yeah. Uh, well, I, I, I interviewed uh, John Wilkinson at his offices uh, a number of years back now. Um, I think it was for a, a, a magazine we brought out. It might have been that. Was it Raw? It's uh, Gaz Sharp brought out a few years back yeah. anyway and uh and i asked him who his favorite sign had ever been and he, he actually said neil baker he said he was probably the hardest to work with in terms of his demands off the pitch um because he'd been brought up that way you know in, in australia he was he was pampered he was looked after if his light bulb went someone had to go and change it because he wasn't doing it you know it was that kind of thing but he said as a player just phenomenal he said he did try and get him back the next year but we just couldn't get his wages so, uh, yeah, sadly. Gone, but not forgotten. Yes, indeed. Uh, who's your, your uh, scrum half, Parker? Right, well, I don't, I don't want to go on forever here, but um, <clears throat> again, another one I've really struggled with, and I mean, this, this was a proper struggle. The one that I had in my mind for probably, if you'd have asked me this two years ago, you know, and then two minutes ago, it would have changed, but I was going to go with Darren Bloor, another player from the uh, from the 80s, who went on to Saints and he made a great Britain squad at the end, but I don't think he ever actually played. But he was he was a he was a decent player for us. But um, I've gone with a little man with a big belly. Um, I've gone with Andy Gregg. In my time, I, I you know again another player who only had a short time with us at the end of his career, but he he just knew he had that class about him that that something that can make other players do things that they probably didn't know they could do. Um, and again, you know, we had him, obviously we had him right at the very beginning, you know, we were the first and sadly we missed out there. Um, I think he scored, did he get man of the match in a hat-trick or something on his debut when he, he played as a trialist? He played as a trialist in 78, didn't he? Yeah. But I think he'd already signed for Witness, hadn't he? I'm, I'm sure my dad said he'd already signed for him or he was uh, signing for him. But uh, I remember him telling me about that match, that, that night match, I think it was 78, I think it was. He was, uh, yeah, but phenomenal in the, in the short time he had with us. Such an organiser, so clever. And obviously at that point, I mean, he was never, you know, probably never the, the, the physique of a, a rugby, you know, rugby league scrum half would be these days. You know, you look at Jackson Hastings and the likes, but um, he, he just created so much space for players and he, he was so clever. And I'm sure, again, another player that, I don't know, maybe Watto might have even been there when he was playing. I'm not sure. But if you were a younger, promising scrum half, in a squad, you'd have loved to have been, you know, an understudy to him and try to pick up something of what he had. Um, an absolute, he, I mean, he was world class in his day, but when we got him, he was still, still fantastic. And uh, we've had a few, you know, we've had the likes of Gavin Clinch, Bobby Goulding, Steve Kerry, maybe people like that. Craig Coleman, another one from, from the, uh, you know, going back a bit. But no, I had to go with Greg. Just, just again, another one of them players. As soon as he put a Salford shirt on, he, he was ours and he, he he just seemed to suit that shirt for me. Yeah, he was he, like you say, we got him at the end of his career, Parky, but you know, he he was like you said, two yards in your heads, one yard on the floor in it. He knew what to do and where to go and that's important as both an age catch up as you you know, you you've, you know what's coming, so you get in the best position. Yeah, very much in it. Like I said, the other oh sorry, another one I, I have missed out and I, I I had to leave him out because he played two positions for us, but it was Mark Lee. 
Very clever player, very canny, very smart. Um, obviously, he was a hooker to start with, who, who I think Greg actually turned him into a scrum half, which you know probably says a lot. Um, another great servant to us and a, a real character. And he, I think he'd, he he might he might have made a bench spot maybe Mark Lee just because of his versatility in that way. But he, he was a decent player. But yeah, I've gone with Greg. So that's yep. me. That's me. Backline done. That's your backline done. Plenty of tries in there. Uh, Parker, who's your your first uh, forward, prop forward? Prop forwards, yeah, again, another, I mean, you think, God, you know, we, we've had some absolute dross in our time, some terrible teams, <laughs> and yet, you know, when you start listing players, you go, he was okay, he was okay, maybe sometimes it's, you know, rose-tinted a little bit, but, uh, you know, rose-tinted a little bit, but uh, for my, my, my first prop, my number eight, my main, you know, prop forward, I've, I've gone with David Young, uh, obviously skippered us for a number of years, tough as tough as anything. He's he's one of them men that was very uncompromising, and and obviously back then you played your eighty minutes, and, and he was a big guy to carry that around with. But what he did do was he wore the other team down, the opposition. You won't want to tackle him for eighty minutes. Um, he just kept going and going, and he, he had so such a presence around him in the changing rooms as well, a real leader and, and a protector of his team. You know, you wouldn't have anyone getting bullied or anything like that in, by the opposition. He was one that stand up, and if somebody needed, you know, probably these days he wouldn't get away with it. But if someone needed a crack, Youngie was the man to, to you know, to to lay that out for you. Uh, a real leader and a, and a nice fellow. And obviously he's gone on now coaching in rugby union, and he went back from us. And I think he went on tour with the Lions about when he went to rugby union after he left us. So, and as we'd sign him as a flop apparently from Leeds. Um, uh, you know, a great player, a really, a real, a real workhorse. Yeah, big Welsh bruiser, Paul. Uh, big front rower, like Parky said. Heroic leader. You know, he's a he's a very very good player for us. He was, but just echoing what Parky said there, I was I was going to say he stopped me thunder there about when we signed him from Leeds. I mean, he couldn't catch a cold at Leeds. He was bobbins, wasn't he? And they, they were saying he was a, he was a flop and and this and the other and you know, big money flop. And he came to Salford and. And he improved out of sight, didn't we? And he took him took him time, but we, we really improved him. I thought he really came on under us and was one of the probably one of the best props in the league. And around that time, where uh, the centenary division and the, the first mm. division one was pushing to get into Super League, he really led that that side for a couple of years there. And you know that the, the, the famous cup tie against Wigan. I mean, I thought he was outstanding that day. Yeah, uh, him and Cliff Eccles in, in the front row. They they really took it to, to Wigan that day and uh, and yeah you can't argue with David Jung who's a he's really tough solid forward who's your hooker Parker uh, again this this was tough um, you could obviously go I could have gone with Mark Lee great great hooker for me uh, Peter Edwards another good one um, obviously Malk just for his you know his longevity and he had he probably had two or three really really top years but I've gone with local lad uh, Paul Groves. Oh. Um, you know, he, he he left us and went to Saints. Apparently, he cried when he signed for Saints. Uh, he didn't want to do it, but he understood that you know maybe we needed the money and it was the best thing for him. Really, uh, he went on to play for Great Britain, win the Challenge Cup. Um, a, a great player, Ragger, really good, and a, you know, a cracking lad, a bit nuts, but absolutely brilliant and. Uh, he, he was one of them players. Again, we were saying before, Paul, about them young lads in that, that team around the era. He was another one of them. And, yeah. Uh, a, a, a great lad. And he, he was, again, he's one of them players that was, was going on this list no matter what. 
uh, with Peter Williams and Neil Baker and, and probably two more to come maybe. Um, but yeah, he, he I, I love watching Raggy. He was, he, he was exactly what the you know name said. He was a bit uh, unorthodox. His shirt would be hanging out. He, you know, he, he looked like I don't know, but he just just a great rugby league player. Yeah, fantastic, Paul. Yeah, I thought you were going to say Paul O'Neill then when he said when he said Paul Grove because I know he was a, a clever player around that time as well, wasn't he? But no, I don't think you can argue with Paul Grove as you said there. Moved moved on and and, and won the won the did he win the Challenge Cup with Saint Helens? Uh, or he, yes. got, he got to, he got to. He did. Oh, did he get to Wembley? Did they, did yeah, they lose to Halifax at Wembley? Didn't they? Or did they? Yeah. Drink? Oh, yeah, he might have lost. He might have lost. The he got to Wembley though. Didn't yeah, he, he definitely defeat, did. Didn't he? But he got to Wembley and did some good things there, didn't he? So, uh, so yeah, you can't argue with that. I think he was. We had some some good players at that time, didn't we? In in, in the hooking position, when you when you look at O'Neill as well. So yeah, yeah, we had some we had some good young players, didn't we? Thinking back there, that list that we've, we've done of them before. So just a shame we couldn't have hung on to them for a bit longer. But as you said, we probably needed the money, and you know he did the, did the right thing and, and moved on. Yeah. Give us your your second prop forward, Paul. Uh, now, now I know we said you know we we, we Youngie was in there, and I, we didn't mention any other props really. This this could have gone on forever, and this is the one where I've got the most question marks. I've put someone in, crossed them out, put them in. I, I've gone with Terry O'Connor. Terry O'Connor. Uh, he was only a young lad. Uh, I remember him watching him in the A team. Stephen Hill was his was his coach. You, it was a great inspiration to Terry. I don't know if Terry has ever mentioned it, but. Uh, in the changing room, he fired him up because Terry was a big lad and he had all the quality, but he, he was a little bit not timid, but you know, he, he wasn't all fire and brimstone as you wanted from a prop. And David Young also helped him with that, bring that out of him. And he looked after him and nurtured him. And obviously, he went on to have a, an unbelievable career. But straight away, when we saw him, the promise he had, um, he, he was he was a great player going forward as well, you know. he he, he took some stopping and he, he had a bit of timber on him back then. He, he, I think he lost a lot of that. You know, obviously got himself toned up at Wigan and so on. But um, like a, a great, a, a great player for us, I thought. And uh, again, another one that had to go. Um, I, mean, I believe we got a new car park out of that. I think we had the Willows car park tarmac uh, for the sixty grand we got for him at the time, which you know wasn't wasn't a small amount for for that period really. Uh, and again, another one that Wigan came in and snapped up. Yeah. Another good, tough tackling, good forward punching forward pal. Yeah, and another one I think, like Dave Young, I think it took took Teddy a, a bit of time to get going at Salford. I remember seeing him early on, and he seems to drop a lot of ball for me in, in his in early stages. But you know, after after a bit and coaching and you know the work that we did with him, we turned him into to a top player, didn't we? And you've only got to look at his. You know some of the, the games he played in for Wigan. I, I remember watching that World Club Challenge game when I think it was '97 when he had that ding dong with Gordon Tallis. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. and then I well. went to the I went to the Test match at Old Trafford when we played him and that Great Britain Australia Test match. The second Test in '97 is probably one of the best games I've ever been to for an atmosphere and in, in the Terry O'Connor with, with with Gordon Tallis it carried on and it was just breathtaking watching two props going at it like that all the game and. You know, considering we sort of made him at Salford, really, didn't we? And he had such a good career, so you can't you can't argue with that. I've got uh, I've just got a, I've got a mention though, and this this I'll keep this as, as short as I possibly can. But some names that this is why it was so tough that I've had to fight with Craig Stapleton, yeah, Ray Cashmere, mm. Sean Rutgerson, mm. Cliff Eccles. Uh, for me, in the early days, Steve Herbert, yeah. 
Ian Sherrett. Um, I think I remember Dennis Boyd when I first started watching. Uh, right at the end of his career, right dirty. But he was he was a he was a good tough uh, tough prop forward. Paul Hyton. Um, you could probably say Andy Coley back in his you know when he was propping for us. Jed Stazica. Not everybody's favourite, but Peter Brown, the Kiwi. I know he. he his goal kicking let us down in that cup fight, that uh, Lancashire Cup final. But while he's in his season with us, he was he was a really good prop forward. But yeah, so you know you could go on forever with that. Um, and I had to I had to fight with that one. But I went I went with Terry just because probably more maybe what he became. But I, you could see the talent he had, and I, I'd like to think we played a you know a small part in him becoming that player. Yeah, uh, second row Parker. Right, well, he wasn't always a second row with us, but he was throughout his career. And another one, uh, sadly, another overseas player. Not, not really good at this British thing, are we? Um, <laughs> but uh, John Cartwright, John a Cat. phenomenal rugby league player, forward, ball handling of, of something of a, a level that you would rarely see from anyone. Such a big man, hard to stop. But when he got the ball in his hand, he, he knew how to move it. He, he looked like a halfback at times. Um I, I don't think many people would begrudge me having him in, in, in the team, and he's in, you know, he's in my second row, which was his probably his main position anyway. Went back in the day, but uh, played a little bit of prop for us, and we didn't, you know, we didn't get to see enough of him either. But uh, yeah, fantastic stint with us, uh, John Cartwright, and I think you know if you've got him in the second row, you, you go in the right direction. Yeah, he, got, he had a good pair of hands, if I remember rightly, Paul. He did. He made my team as well. I put John Cartwright in mine. He broke his arm. I think we played Sheffield at home. I remember him breaking his arm in that game early on because we won our first sort of five games that season, 97, didn't we? And I'm sure he broke yeah. his arm in the Sheffield game and he was out for a while then, wasn't he? And came back at the sort of the back end of the season. And I remember him making his debut against Cass away at Weldon Road in the Cup. Yeah. And yeah. we were stood behind the goals at the, the old railway. I mean, my dad and he come out. I'd never seen a bloke that big before. <laughs> he was absolutely huge. He come out warming up and then you could see straight away Test player, Australian test player, you know, him and Paul yeah. Siren in the back row. And how good would that have been if we could have signed Siren at the same time? But what what a player, great player. I mean, like you said before, we didn't see him in that many games, but even the games you saw him in, you're just privileged to see him play in a Salford shirt and know he made my team as well. And I've loved the things he's done since then. He's, he's a good coach in the NRL now as well, isn't he? Yeah, he is. You know, it'd yes. be nice to see him perhaps come back and coach us one day. No. Well, let's keep all the Watts away. We've got Wattles on, now. we know. So Wattles um, got that job for life. <laughs> just uh, honourable mentions there. Again, Coley, Andy Coley, when he first you know, went in the second row, uh, is a player. I know it's, it's hard to talk about players who, who move on sometimes, but uh, he, he was great. Paul Farber. I mean, how can I leave Buffer out of my team? Well, you know, sadly I've had to, and it, it does hurt me a little bit. Um but you know another another phenomenal uh, back rower for us, uh, Ian Blees, uh, even uh, Benny Murdoch, Masilla. Mm. You know I couldn't I couldn't put him in because you know he moved on a little bit too soon for our liking. Obviously maybe even for his liking, but uh, I don't I don't think Cartwright's a, a bad uh, a bad replacement for them. Who's your other second row then? If you're missing all these people out, well this this is the other one. This is one of those that was nailed on. And I think anyone again of, of a certain era will 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 know who I'm going to say. Um, Jeff Selby. Uh, it was such such a sad sad tale for him. 
the, the talent this kid had, he, he was going to be an international. There, were, there was no doubt about that. He was going to play for the key, uh, the Kangaroos. He, he, we, we got him as a bit of a kid. What a player. What an absolute joy to watch. Another one with good hands, but tough, hard running. You know, I can see him now with the, the, the tape round his head. Um, and, and such a loss to rugby league. Uh, and I know when he went back to St. George, he was, you know, he was making his way um, in, in the game. And, and then sadly, obviously, he had the, the car accident and, and, you know, we lost him. Um, but I know now, I think one of their Player of the Year awards is, is named after him as well. He had that kind of impact in such such a short life, really. But um, if, if he'd have stayed, like I say, if, 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 if the, the incident hadn't have happened, he, he'd have been, he'd have been an international for God knows how long, in a, you know, in a great, kangaroo side brilliant player yeah such a sad end to a career Paul yeah yeah certainly certainly Rob such a young age as well I think he was only 23 wasn't he so tragic absolutely tragic and I've spoke to loads of people over the years my dad's told me about about Jeff Selby and you ask a lot of Salford supporters now of a, a certain era and, and they'll say the same thing but but yeah I think he'd grace any Salford side there and, and just 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 a tragedy to, to see something like that happen when you know it's something as, as sad but uh, but no I think he'd, uh, he'd grace any side and top player yeah who's your loose forward Parker well there we go the man that's got to lock it all together and I would probably if David Young wasn't going to be my skipper this guy was uh, I, I, I could have had again another massive number and there's a guy I've, I've had to leave out and he it breaks me out because he's a good friend of mine as well, but we'll we'll get on to that. Uh, I've gone with John Pendlebury. John Pendlebury. Uh, just such a clever player, a proper loose forward. When loose forwards were, you know, they, they were an extra kind of halfback, but, you know, a, a forward as well. In an era, I mean, he played he played at the top level at, at, at different clubs, obviously at Wigan at one point, and then he, he moved on to Halifax after he left us, and he, he did go on and, and lift the Challenge Cup. Um such a clever player, again in a team of maybe also runs. I suppose you could say sounds sounds harsh, that doesn't it? When you think how many players I've mentioned from that era, but um, yeah, but a, a great player. Anyone who watched him would would probably you know give a nod to that. He he had so much talent, so clever, could kick, you know, not just from from his hands, he could goal kick as well. Um, a real a real talent, John Pendlebury, and a, a proper a true professional. You know, he, he looked after himself as well. He was in good nick. And, uh, yeah, he, he's, he's got a lot of my, my scrum together. Yeah, uh, a loose forward, Paul, with a pair of hands. Always good for us. Oh, yeah, and I'd like to just echo that about John Pennell because he was a fantastic player. I don't really remember, I don't remember him at Salford. It was just a year or so before me. But I remember him at Halifax when we were playing that 1987 Challenge Cup final. And he won the game for him at the end there with that, that tackle on the Saints winger. What was his name now? That winger for Saints. Anyway, he sort of punched the ball out of his hands, didn't he? Really sort of clever, clever mm. player. Did, did he not get the uh, the winning drop goal in that game as well? I think it was 20. I think he did drop the goal. I think he got the drop goal as well. He might have. They won 1918, was it? Some, some, I can't remember now. It was that long ago. But yeah, he, yeah, he did. He had, a, he had a massive impact on them. And, and their, their 
period of a little bit of success at that time at all. He had a good team there, Halifax. I think they won the championship the year before. It was 86 they won the, the championship, didn't yeah, they? And I think he went right. on to Bradford then, didn't he? John Pendlebury after yeah, that. Yes, he played Bradford in the 90s, didn't he? But no, top player, proper football. No, he's one of my dad's sort of favourites, him. And did a good job coaching as well. He coached Halifax in the 90s, didn't he? And I think they finished quite high up the table and he was coaching at Wigan and he sort of drifted out of the game. I think he's got a building business now and him and his brother uh, do bricklaying or something like that. But it's a shame to, to be lost to the game. You know, that well, sort of knowledge. Absolutely. Like, a bit like Carl Harrison, really, in that way, many yeah, ways. But, yeah. you know, that's I suppose, you know, people move on. But, uh, yeah, um, as I say, they were, the players that you've had to miss out there, Terry O'Shea, when he was with us, the uh, the Kiwi, David Hume. David Hume, yeah. Dan Panapa. Mm-hmm. For, a, mm-hmm. for, a, for a short time Andy Burgess obviously a great stalwart Luke Swain anyone happy with that yeah for old Chris Charles yeah but the, the man the man I've left out and it, as I say it breaks my heart he's, he's an absolute hero man he, he, Mick McTeague when I again another one when I first started watching he, he, he was just he was everything to me uh, the, the way he went about his business he's you know tough tackling and he, he wouldn't miss a game you know, and he's he's a really nice bloke as well, and uh, yeah. But uh, I think maybe even Mick might just just uh, agree that John Pendlebury may have just had the edge on him a little bit. Yeah, but we'll have to leave you to let Mick know about that. Yeah, I probably <laughs> won't. Unfortunately, Mick's. Uh, I think he's out of the country uh, working uh, as he, as we are, so he's probably not going to wear me. So uh, <laughs> go for that. Well, he's on a different continent anyway. If he, even if he does. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, it's a long <laughs> flight just to give me a punch. <laughs> uh, did you go? Did you did you do subs? Uh, well, I did. I did initially. Um, if I can remember any of them, um, I think I went along with I, the one player I didn't mention. By the way, was uh, in me in me standoff was Paul Shaw, mm. uh, and he he would he would probably make a place on the bench. Um, wow. I did, I did have a bench, and unfortunately, I don't know why. Have you not roll these down, Pack? Yeah, I thought you rolled these down. Yeah, you just do it off the top of your head. Uh, but I've, <laughs> I've kind of misplaced it. Um, it's fine. If you haven't I'll, got, it's not a I'll get there. I'll get there. I will. Honestly, one day. Um, wow. Who did I? Who did I put? Oh, did I put it there? I might write it there. There you go. Yeah, we'll have oh. that. Uh, yeah, well, some some of the names we'd actually mentioned. Uh, if we was going to have a seventeen. Yeah. Uh, there was a fight on the bench between Mark Lee and Paul Shaw. Uh, obviously, Lee for his versatility, but Paul Shaw was what a player, what a player. Se- probably second only standoff wise to Neil Baker for me. Uh, I'd have gone with Stapo and, and Ray Cashmere as my two big, big guys off the bench. I don't think you know. I don't think there's any arguments, particularly with them. And then uh, one of maybe Buffer, Coley, or, or Mick McTeague, just just to you know add that little bit more on the bench. But yeah. That'd be that would be seventeen. Hey, what what a team that is, Paul. Some class in there, isn't there? Some really classy players in there, and some blasts from the past as well there. And uh, yeah, I think I think that side'd uh, challenge uh, most teams. That'd do all right in the Super League. That I think this season, uh, you know, some some great players in there. I think I think overall, I've probably got some like ten international shoe on in there of of some some probably none of them whilst we wear those, but you know what I mean. Kind of, kind of looking down the list here, the, the the team you got, it kind of shows of a, a club that we have been where we've got players in either who are promising and gone on to better things, or have come in at the end of the, the twilight of the career. For me, 
that's a good point, that Rob. I hadn't really spotted that. To be fair, that's that's very true. There are a few veterans maybe coming towards the end who give us great service. You know, we've had lots who have come just for the the paycheck, haven't we? Mm. Um, especially in, in in well, I say recent times, probably the last fifteen twenty years. But um, and then, like you say, the old Connors, the, the Groves, the Jed Burns of it of the team. You know, and obviously Jeff Sell. But you, yeah, there was there was a lot of promise in there. Fantastic team, Packy. Well done. Enjoyed that. Thanks, thanks, lads. No problem. So what we'll do next up on the Devil in Detail, what we'll do, we'll look forward to the game against London on Sunday. It's time for the Devil in Detail. So, Sovereign Devils, Take on London Broncos at the AJ Bell Stadium on Sunday afternoon. Paul, big game for Salford. Obviously beating Huddersfield in the first game uh, of the Super League season. It's so important that the boys kick on and make it two from two. Yeah, yeah, it, it is, Rob. Yeah, and like we, we said a few weeks ago, it's important that you win your home games and make the AJ Bell Stadium a fortress. I don't think you can take any any team for granted. I know London have had a lot of flack, I think, in the in the, in the the close season before a ball's been kicked, and a lot of it's been unfair. And I listened to their match on the radio against Wakefield at the weekend. They were 18 points to six down after 20 minutes. And then they stormed back and they were in front at half-time. And in the second half, they've scored, I think they scored eight tries or maybe eight or nine tries against Wakefield. And a good Wakefield side, let's not forget, they've been fancied by a lot of pundits to sort of finish in that top five or six in the in the table. So they've made a lot of signings, Wakefield, spent a bit of money, and London turned them over. So I don't think you can um, you can take them lightly whatsoever. I think it's going to be a really exciting game. And I thought perhaps when they lost Jared Samet, they might lose the way a bit, but they've still got some clever players there. They've got a bit of pace as well, and... You know, um, some some wily players there. They've added a bit of experience as well, so it's going to be it's going to be a hard game, I think, on on Sunday. It's um, it's one I'm looking forward to though because they they play some good rugby league. I think it'd be a nice open game and perhaps a few points scored as well. Yeah, obviously London Park is started with a win against Wakefield. I think it's important the boys don't think, oh, this is going to be a walkover. I'm sure Ian Watson won't let that happen. Uh, I think I think you, you you're spot on, Rob. I think the the words complacency, I really, I really do. I think the, the thing is about London, and we we went there last year um, in the, in the playoffs, and obviously we got beat. The the thing to realise about that ground is, or, or that well, the the pitch, it's very tight. It's a really tight, so they can they can contain you, and they're used to playing on it, and it's one of those kind of artificial, you know, four Gs or whatever. So the bounce of the ball is different, and they they if they do get a roll on, they will be it will be tough at home. I think I think a lot of teams will find that. I just hope that we use the width of our pitch like we did on on Friday night against Huddersfield. You know, we shift the ball about. I think we we've, we've got the, the fringe. I know we've lost Junior now, but I think we still got some good fringe. And uh, obviously Niall chiming in. I think it's, it's we stick to our game plan. I don't think for one minute that this is going to be easy. Uh, as you know, as fans, and you know, let's not get frustrated. And and, and as the players, which I'm, I'm sure they won't. This is a massive game. If you go two from two at the start of the year, you know, it's just the right thing. And then we've got Leeds at home the week after. You know, it's this, these are the stepping stones. These are the games which, if you slip up, your season can be shattered. You don't make up these points. And like Paul said, making the AJ Bell a fortress is is a must. And we have got a, a fairly decent record at home, let's be honest, in, in recent years. So, 
yeah, as long as we're not complacent, as long as the players are switched on and sure Watto again has done his homework, it'll be a tough game. There'll be an arm wrestle for a, for a long time. Um, but I just, you know, I just feel that maybe on our pitch with a width, we, we could, uh, you know, we, we could edge it. Yeah, who stands out for you for London, Paul? They've got a bit of pace. I think Kieran Dixon's always a always a handful, isn't he? He's pretty quick. And Williams on the other wing, I think they've got, is it Elliot Keir? I think he plays there as well. Um, is it Cunningham, the halfback? They've got some good players, haven't they? They've signed Ryan Morgan, I think, from St. Helens as well. Quite an experienced player. And the lad who played against us last season, I think he's the captain. What's he called now? I wrote his name down today, but left me notes. I don't know where my notes are. He played halfback for the Yorkshire lad. I think he's played second row. He played halfback last season against us, and he had a belt. Pitts. Jay Pitts. Jay Pitts. That's him. Yeah. yeah, he's a very clever player. I thought he was excellent last season in that in that game they played against us with Samet. I think he partnered Samet in the halfbacks, and yeah. they they contained us and played a very conservative game. I thought in that that qualifier game last year, but as you said before, they they, they stopped us from playing, and I think sometimes they can do that. Eddie Batty as well is yes. um, he's a handful. The, yeah. the forward, he's a bit of a cult hero for London if you like and you know he, he's a, he's got a lot of confidence now he scored two tries at the weekend against Wakefield and he'll be you know when a player's got confidence like that, they, they tend to run the ball in harder don't they and you probably take a he'll take a bit of stopping him on on Sunday so uh, so they've got some talented players there in that team Robin we're going to have to be on our guard we need to get a good start in that game because if they get a couple of tries early on the crowd can get a bit frustrated can't you and players can start feeling the pressure a bit then so uh, so yeah, we need to come out all guns blazing, I think. That, uh, that Batty, I remember seeing him at, uh, I think he was at Sheffield, uh, and he certainly, um, it, it was unique shape, I'll say, um, but he was he was a, a real handful. I, I think I think it was one of the Sky games, it might have been the, uh, one of the Magic Weekend things, or, you know, the Summer Bash, uh, and I saw him playing for, on, on there, and he was, he was really good. Then he kind of stood out in, a, in an odd way, and he was one of those, you're thinking, oh, he'll never make the step, but, you know, he's good at this level. Um, and I've heard really good good things about him. And obviously, they've got G as well, haven't they? He, he was with us for a while. Yeah. He came through our academy. He's, he, I think, I wonder if he's going to play, because he'll obviously have a maybe a little bit of a point to prove. Um, so, it will it will be tough. I think our halfbacks, if, if they click, we, we should have the edge. And I think Joey Lussick is such an important player for us. Um, I, I, you know, th- those three combined with Evels out the back. And, and Flash as well. I mean, you know, let's not forget what the, the work that he puts in. For us, I think I think a spine of our team is is better than theirs, and home advantage, we, we've got to make that count. Yeah, give us your score prediction, Parker. Um, I'll go with uh, a twenty six ten win. Twenty six ten. I wasn't too far out last week, Paul. Do you notice that? I did notice that, yeah. I said that to be dad on the way home. I said, uh, Rob, I was, I was getting 30. We were having a bit of a chuckle about that on the way home. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I'm sure you'll uh, be back to normal this week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> give, us your, give us your score prediction for London. Um, I'm pretty confident, Rob, because I think we can score points. I think that, that's the thing at the moment. I think we can score tries. and I've gone 28-18, but I'm not so sure... Whether London will score 18 because our defence is pretty good. I've not looked at the weather either. I should have looked at the weather, shouldn't I? But, uh, no, I'm going to go 28 18. I'm pretty, pretty cautious, but I fancy to win by maybe two scores. Weather on Sunday, Paul. I'll do your job. Weather on Sunday right. is 
Uh, cloudy. It's blowing a gale, though, because it always does there. Oh, no, rain, six degrees. Oh, great. So, with a big coat on again, though. Yeah, big coat again. <laughs> The, 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 I'll, I'll just say that the reason I went with a with a 26 is that I think we can score plenty of tries. Just they're out wide, we're not kicking them, so uh, we might score 10 tries, but you know, 26 is still a decent score. Um, I know that doesn't work mathematically, but you know what I mean. Um, I think we can we we'll certainly score tries, but converting them might be a bit of an issue. Well, yes, but we'll see. I'm going to go because I'm in good form because I was I was nearly like nearly there last week. Yeah, you would have played one game, Rob. <laughs> you know, like you said, we've got pace and power, pace and strike outside. Uh, we've got Hastings and Rob Lowy pulling the strings in the middle. Um, like like Parky said, it's complacency. It's it's how the team turn up to this mentally. Last you need a drum roll here, Rob. You do. <laughs> one in. <laughs> but I, I'm gonna. I've got a feeling the boys gonna be fired up for it. I've got a feeling they're, they're gonna come out and and get the do- get the job done early. Uh, to ease the pressure and, and, and the nerves in, in the stands. So I'm going to go over a Devils 40, London 10 in the rain. Well, I hope, I, I'd love you to be right. I think points difference is another another big thing for us. Um, and, and that momentum building up, you know, for the, for the Leeds game is, is huge. I'm not taking London lightly, by the way. I'm not skipping this. this isn't two points in the bank. But, you know, if we can get on top of London and, and post a few points, the, the boost that'll give us and the, and the you know, the positivity. Um, yeah, it, it, this could be, this is one of them games that could be a huge stepping stone. Yeah, super excited about Sunday. Paul, hopefully the, the club will, you know, continue the publicity drive and uh, people will come and use the uh, Supporters Trust bus to get down and we'll have a big crowd. Yeah, let's hope so, Rob. Let's hope so. It's, it promised to be a good, a good day. I mean, We've not mentioned it, have we? The, the, the game days, you know, playing on a, on a Sunday, it's a bit different mm-hmm. for us now from the Friday nights of last year. I know people have mixed opinions over the, the game days, but I think especially this time of the year when it's sort of dark nights and that, I think Sundays are perhaps the way to go, aren't they? You'll get a few families there, you go in in the, in the daylight as well. So, uh, so yeah, I'm really looking forward to Sunday, Rob, and uh, can't come soon enough for me, mate. Yeah, big thanks for coming on, Parking, giving us your wise old thoughts on Soul Red Devils. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, yeah, thanks. Thanks for uh, letting me uh, air my views on a on on certain players of the of the you know of the past. It's it's been a joy, and uh, I mean we could have been here all night, and I'm sure the listeners are probably snoozed off by now. But uh, no, brilliant. Thank thanks for having me on, lads. Yeah, another great show, Paul. Yeah, really enjoyed it, Rob. Really enjoyed listening to uh, to Parky's team, and got me quite nostalgic there. And uh, no, it's it's good to chat about the you know, old players and things like. Because you forget sometimes how many sort of sort of top players we've had. So no, really enjoyed the show this week, lads. And I'll I'll see you both on Sunday. Yeah, big thanks for tuning to this week's Devil in Detail podcast. I've been Rob Parson. You find us on Facebook, Devil in Detail SRD. You can find us on Twitter at DITD SRD, and you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Radio Contact and the Sulphur Red Devil Supporters Trust website. So thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.
Get the kick right out of your radio. This is Radio Contact.